Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Listening to Footy Prime News and Such, your one-stop destination for footy news and such. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. So, Jimmy, you're saying that you broke Wonga last night? No, I think Wonga broke himself. Where were you? We went to the Bear and or the Dog and Bear, and then we went to um, oh, what's it called? <laughs> The dog and pony. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a few there was a few ponies out last night. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter where you were, but the bottom line is, Wonga will join us shortly. We think he he <laughs> he looked like utter shit, and he sounded worse. So well done, Jimmy. Congratulations for uh, breaking our Wonga. Maybe he's gone to freshen up with the tushy. <laughs> <laughs> that would take him a long time to freshen up. Maybe he's like bent over the tushy right now. Who knows? Oh, uh, it's Faye Prime, by the way. It's Faye Prime, the podcast. It's Friday. News and such. Um, Amy's here. See, our, our loyal listeners, they demanded that Amy Walsh returns. And uh, we finally were able to book her. Dubs, how's it going? A dubs, maybe a few people call me that. Charms is just the best for calling people names they've never ever heard before. Yeah, it's kind of uh, since the whole Sinky thing. Yeah, um, I'm making a real effort to make up nicknames like on the spot for people. <laughs> That's right, really terrible ones. Yeah, really bad ones, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's almost well, as bad that as people who like make up their own nicknames and and try to get it to catch on. Like uh, <laughs> JC does that. JC does that all the time. JC, did you give yourself a nickname? Yep, I did. I tried to when I was in summer camp in grade six. <laughs> what was it? Baby J. <laughs> so how did how did that work? Did you just walk around and go, "Hey guys, this is Baby J talking"? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And it didn't catch on, did it? No, because one of the counselors' name was Baby T. That was his nickname. I'm like, oh. well, I can be Baby J because, you know, a T is just a J with a thing cut off. Baby J is going to just <laughs> <for> lunch. <laughs> you know, it makes complete sense. 
Baby J wants more sausage, please. And this is, where, were, where were you at camp? Yeah, I was at a, I was at a, a, were you a Christian camp. No wonder they didn't. It was a Christian day. camp, actually. Okay. It was. That's where I learned. Baby to Jesus. Smoke. Yeah, yeah, nice. nice. A whole, whole bunch of Christians there, not Baby J's. Yeah. There's only one baby day. Yeah, <laughs> it was sacrilegious. That's why I didn't catch on. <laughs> Probably that's exactly what it was. Yeah, all the all the staff, the counselors, the priests. Like, a few nicknames for uh, Montreal, CF Montreal these days, I think. Jeez, oh. hey, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> there he is. There he is. In the business, we call that a segue. segue. Yep, that's a segue. Thanks, great to get us back on track. We'll get back to nicknames later on. Um, yeah, Amy, what's going on there in Montreal? Pre, Listen, I, I think it's been a predictable offseason with the departures. Mm-hmm. Kone, uh, AJ, <laughs> I like to call him. Uh, <laughs> Alistair Johnston for everybody else. <laughs> Nancy Mahalovic, you know, um, how would you grade the off season so far? Forget the controversies, and we'll get to double K shortly. Um, but but the actual controversies. <laughs> <laughs> I only know one double K, and that's Queen LeBlanc. She's KK. Oh, is she? Okay. That. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll Mara. We'll get to later. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's. How would you say the team is being rebuilt? What was the you know prognostications for the upcoming season? Well, I I think to look at the silver lining first, this is basically what they they expected. I think with the World Cup and and Canada being there, maybe um, surprisingly, and then how well the players performed. I think you maybe see a, a premature departure. I mean, a Mihailovic aside, but you see Johnson make the leap. I think Kone was going to go sooner than later, but probably sooner than maybe the club thought that he would. Um, and Nancy, I think I was quite disappointed in that, just just as a, as a fan, to, to see him leave. I thought he w- was a great uh, teacher, had been with the club for a long time, and you could see the trust that the guys had in him. So I think even those guys, uh, to, to fill those gaps is going to be massive. I know we talked about it um, when, when CF Montreal was eliminated from the playoffs, and there was some semantics about what constituted a rebuild and how many bodies you'd have to kind of fill in. But I think those are really big pieces that they're going to have to go and get. So now Hernan Lasada comes in. I think that is really Olivier Renard who's dictating the philosophy of play. So I think they'll play a similar brand of soccer, but it's a different personality. It's a different coach. Um, staff has changed. The the guy who's in charge of all, all the physical stuff, the physical preparations, he's a different guy. Um, but they've got uh, Eddie Sabrango, who's in there as a, as an assistant coach, and he gets promoted from the youth teams. I think that'll go a long way to to reassuring players, sort of making them feel confident in the staff until they learn more about Lasada. But now this past week has been the longest week ever. It's just every single day social media blowing up and um, we, you guys delved into the Sandro Grande thing a, a little bit on the podcast. I won't get into that too much, but I think the club finds themselves now in a position where they're having to earn trust again. I talked about the trust between players and coaching staff, but now it's, you know, Gabriel Gervais hired in April of last year. And I think he goes a long way to bringing people back after who felt kind of burned by the rebrand and, and just things that maybe weren't done very well. And uh, he, he does a great job. And I think reassuring those fans that they're welcome and that it's an inclusive stadium and an inclusive community. And then I think the words of Grande and, and, and what, what he said, you know, over 10 years ago, and maybe people think he deserves a second chance, but that I think 
gets that, you know, the people's backs up again in this province about this team and think they, they just care about Montreal. They don't care about the rest of the province. And you have to be really sensitive about that in this mm-hmm. province, you know. Um, so anyway, and then the Kai Kamara stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I know that he was really beloved by the fans. I really liked him. You could tell the respect that his that his teammates had for him. And I think he had a good understanding with Nancy. Um and then the way that all that all happened and, he, you know, the team got, I don't know if you guys saw probably w- with the tweets and everything on, on media, but they got a letter from a doctor in Africa. He was in Sierra Leone with his family saying that he was sick, but social media, he didn't have to do much sleuthing. You could, he, he wasn't sick. He just wasn't going to show up to camp. So, um, you know, there's both sides of that. I think the club maybe finds themselves in a position where they've offered him term. They've offered him a, a two-year contract, guaranteed uh, time in the club afterwards, whether that's it with the first team or um, with the youth academies and, and things that he likes to do sort of philanthropically that he's done over the course of his career. Um, but it just sort of goes sideways. And that's what I feel like this whole offseason has been. So I don't know about giving it a grade, but I just feel like it's it's gone off the rails a little bit. How damaging, uh, Amy, is it really for the club and how difficult do you think it will be to to get the fans back on side or at least a proportion of them anyway? I think that the the core group of of fans, like sort of the the diehards, I I, I think that they're they're sold on kind of this, the the rebrand, as it were, in in terms of philosophy and their commitment to the community. I don't think they have to do some convincing there, but I, I think a lot of the season ticket holders were probably probably felt hard done by, you know, by that, by that hiring, um, no matter what you think of, of Sandro and, and his, and the good work that he'd done in the, in the coaching community. Um, I, people felt like he sort of uh, paid his dues in a sense, but I, I don't think they really had a good grasp of, of the landscape and the, the political landscape as well. Right. And so I think there were a lot of season ticket holders that they'll have to probably convince. I mean, maybe, maybe they lost some, I don't, I don't really know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. I think the general community will be fine, but then it's all of these unproven things that, that they have to sort of gain back the trust, right? Like there's a coaching change. A lot of the big pieces are gone. Um, fan favorites, Kai Kamara, you know, you wonder, both he, he's come out with his version of the story, the club. Olivier Renard is great. Like, he straight shooter. Twitter was a flutter prior to him speaking. Um, I, God, I don't know what, what day it is. It's Friday. What's my name again? I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday. And he, uh, he goes in front of the mics and he just he, he shoots them straight, lets them know what the club knows from their perspective, why Lasada said that Kamara was sick when he clearly wasn't. But I, I think there's a, a lot of work that they still have to do here. Um, it, last season seems like it's an eternity away, or sorry, it seems like it was so long ago in mm, terms of the, yeah. the success that they had, but also kind of the, 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 the good vibes that were surrounding the team. Um, it's about momentum, right, football as well. You look at last season, that, that, that contending team, great storylines, and then you want to build on that, right? But... MLS is a weird beast too, right? Because, you know, a lot of these teams have gaping holes entering camp. TFC does, right? Montreal's not the only team as well. So do you think there will be an element of patience uh, from the fan base? And let's get to opening day. Let's see how this team looks then. By that point, hopefully all the all the noise has quietened down and let's move forward. Or are they, the Montreal fans, as, as, a, as a beast, a really impatient lot? I think the nature of football fans is to be impatient. They want they want the end result. They want the, the product to be what it is now. And in a way, 
um, it's kind of what the Habs are going through now, where it's 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 a rebuild and fans are going to have to be patient. But it's been transparent in in terms of of how they're going to go about it. And I think that the club CF Montreal has to maybe do a slightly better job of, of laying everything out and it doesn't have to be under cloak and dagger. Cause the first things that were said, or at least that I saw was, Oh, here we go. It's, you know, um, same song and dance again, sort of what the fans have, have gone through in the past where everything's veiled in secrecy and stuff gets leaked and then they have to spin it a certain way in their way. And that's not really the way that Gabriel operates. You know, they're, there were changes that were instituted. So I, I think that the fans will be patient, that that kind of core group of fans that I was talking about. People will still show up to the stadium. Will they be sold out the way that they were last year when they had such success? I think that might take a little bit of time. But I think people understand that the project here with Olivier Renard, um, Vasily Kremenzidis, um, you know, Gabriel in place is to develop these young players as a springboard to Europe, as a springboard, um, you know, to, to national teams and to, and to success. And so I think that it's it's a sobering thought in a way that you you grow attached to these players, you learn to love them, you follow their careers. Um, but I think that these fans have to understand that they can still follow the likes of AJ or Alistair Johnson at Celtic and how well he's doing immediately or Kone at Watford and um, Mihailovic at uh, Azed. So I, I think that you, it's just a shift a little bit in, in perspective and, and understanding that they're not going to have these players for a long time. Yeah, I think one of the things that they've really got to focus on as well is a dressing room. Because if I was a player and I'm in that room right now and I'm looking around thinking we had great success last season, came very close to possibly getting to a final. And Way better team, than TFC. Yeah, but we still have a championship. But <laughs> <laughs> but no. if I'm in that dressing room right now and I'm looking and thinking the core group of players have left, a new manager's coming in, everything that's going on behind the scenes, you start to wonder, think, um, am I willing to waste my time here for another rebuild for one, two seasons or – Am I looking for a transfer now to get out of here and go somewhere else that's going to compete in the next year or two? So they've got to get that dressing room right right away and make sure everybody's on board. Yeah, huge losses. I mean, you, you mentioned Alistair there. Um, I saw your, your tweets about how much you're going to miss him this year. So far, I mean, on the field, he's been great for Celtic. He's made team of the week, I think, two weeks straight. Um, but more than that, his, his press conferences are like <laughs> box office. They're so good. that <laughs> They're nothing like, I don't think, British football scene. He's not for a very long time. He's so candid. He's humorous. He's intelligent. He's thoughtful. I mean, he's got to wake up, hasn't he? You don't do that in England or Scotland <laughs> or Wales. <laughs> it's great. Did you see the the Q and A that they did with them? And then there was a question, of, I think, from a Canadian about bagged milk. <laughs> I did see that one. Yeah, <laughs> it great. Yeah, it well, we brilliant. used to have a milkman, so I was like, yes. And it started a big discussion about Canadians and who gets their milk in bags. Do I'm you? a big bag of milk now. Great <laughs> <laughs> take down the mirrors, man. With a belt That's your skin it. tone, Craig Forrest. It's milk bag? I yeah, don't know. He thought his therapy lamp was going to give him a tan, but it obviously yeah. hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Turn that light on, bud. Oh, it's on. Is it? <laughs> Is the bulb in it? How's it? Is it working for you? Probably just white like Jimmy's mic, he thinks it's on, but it's not. Who does uh, who does uh, buy bagged milk here? Anyone? I buy bags of milk. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Do you freeze them the other ones, or do you have them all in the fridge? Why would I freeze it? Because you can do that. I mean, well, you, you live by yourself, right? I know your kids come over frequently, right? I mean, that's a lot of milk to drink. 
You, you've muted yourself, Jimmy. <laughs> you still muted yourself. He's got a loose wire. He's going to blame. I've got a loose wire. There we go. Yeah, no, yeah. Enough about you. The microphone needs to be fixed, though. But yeah, so you you get through four bags like in a week. What's your what's your milk consumption? First of all, it's three bags. Is it three? Okay, sorry. Yeah, he's late, yeah. a little late went off in his head. I don't drink it. I'm wondering how how often we can say bags before this whole discussion goes sideways. <laughs> 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 well, Wonga's not here to yeah, bring the bar down. Me? You guys yeah. talking about me? There he is. I'm here. I'm listening to you, <laughs> assholes. Oh my. <laughs> What a bag was that? I was out with Jimmy and Mike and our buddy Dan Gladman, and we had a blast. We went to a karaoke bar last night at the end of the night. That's where you were, Jimmy. You're at a karaoke bar. Yeah, we were. What's your go to, Wonger? What's your song? Oh, well, we didn't sing. We were at the bar, but if I did have a song, if I do have a go to, it's, uh, well, Craig knows it. It's Take Me Home Tonight by Eddie Money. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll well, we that. did try to sing, but they were closing. They said that. Yeah, we, we, we put on. our names in, but they didn't let us sing. It was a live band. So you do karaoke with a live band. Oh. It's incredible. Wow. I tried to sing. Like you got to have a love. lot of confidence to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tainted love? <laughs> that's the one thing we've got. Bullshit confidence. Tainted love, Jimmy? That's your go to? Yeah, I don't mind a little bit of oh, soft stuff. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like JC's a, like, like, actually got a good voice. J- JC can sing. What do, would, JC, I'm assuming you're your karaoke. What would your go-to song be? And Phil can you Collins. sing it for us right now? All Phil Collins all day. Oh, yeah? No. Groovy kind of love? Yeah. No. With the air drums or without? Oh, always. <laughs> you got to get the whole You got the whole bar. Do, 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 do. <laughs> That's good. Amy? Oh, I don't know. Uh, is this like nine oh, questions where we watch you think about the world? No, I like Tainted Love too. That's one I've done. Oh, okay. And then with the national team, always Celine, but they're, you know, they're not really that rousing. We actually were on a bus one time. I don't know what trip we were on, but Evan Pellery was the coach. And I had the mic for a really long time. Did like we got to Bohemian Rhapsody and I did it. I was like, well, this is a terrible decision. <laughs> Stuck with it, hung on. And then I chose, I thought it was going to be kind of funny and tongue in cheek. And I chose Norwegian Wood by the Beatles. And I was like, not only is this a bit of a downer song, but are there undertones to this song? Like as I'm singing it, Evan's <laughs> on the mic. And I was like, Norwegian Wood? Like this is a terrible decision. Yeah, but, that, 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 that infamous Oslo tour back in 1963. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Amy, who's the best singer? Who is the best singer on the national team? Oh, Erin McLeod. She's, oh, really? she's a fabulous singer. Nice. Like she, she could like she could sing like she could actually do it. Jimmy and Craig on the men's team. Nobody. They all suck. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, Nobody. what's your song? Did you say already? Who? My song? Yeah. Tainted Love. Oh, yeah. I forgot. The one that you said that you liked as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you also must have had uh, like initiations too, right? When you had to sing a song to the, the room at some point. Yeah. And, and he told us this before, Jimmy. What was your song? Uh, I think back then it was Wonderwall. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, good. And I went, oh, I wow. went all out in this, all out. Yeah, yeah. I, I said gave, maybe I gave it everything. You're gonna be the one that yeah. saves me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and after all, hey, Craig, Craig, have you ever, yeah, Craig, have you ever done any? Well, I sing it in front of the team, yeah. Yeah, do you remember that? I mean, that's a long time ago, but... <laughs> yeah, I know, I forget the song. <laughs> Some Beethoven or something. 
Wasn't it Rock and Robin? <laughs> no. If you ever in Rock and Robin tweet. <laughs> that was on my dad's eight track in his old That's a good one. Eight track. Holy shit. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> it was a Forest Apprentice song. <laughs> well, well, we're getting derailed here, surprisingly. Um I do want to quickly touch on Amy here. Um, as much as it's been obviously frustrating for Montreal, you're involved in, in the women's side of the game as well. And for Canadian women's soccer, it's been a pretty good week, really, right? Sabrina yeah, D'Angelo yeah. signed with, with Arsenal. Yes, yeah. today, right? Yep. Um, Jesse Fleming and Bev Priestman make the FIFA Best nominations. Julia Gross has been linked with Man City. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's pretty good right now, isn't it? Aside from the NWSL draft which wasn't so promising with think was it just one Canadian, I think drafted. Yeah, who's a, who's a, a dual citizen. So, oh, okay. you know, no surprise. So obviously being internationals, that that's a barrier there for any Canadians to get into the NWSL, which speaks to the need for a domestic pro league, yeah. which is, which is great news for our Canadian women. But there was also um, to go back to what you're saying about Sabrina D'Angelo. I think that's a great move for her from Sweden uh, to Arsenal. And then uh, Chloe Lacasse, who's a prolific scorer with Benfica. I think she scored. They're out of the Champions League now, but she scored five goals, um, I think, in, in, in the group play. Um, just kind of unstoppable, mazy runs, just really, really clever player. 29. She was also linked to, to Arsenal. Um, and then in the knockout stages, we've got Buchanan and Fleming that you mentioned already with Chelsea, but also mm-hmm. Lawrence with PSG and Jill for uh, Lyon. So a uh, great thing for great stuff for, for women. And as you mentioned, Jesse Fleming gets nominated as Canadian player of the year, but now she's on the, the FIFA best, um, not a short list yet, but just the initial nominations. Right. And Bev as well. And they, they had a great year really. So all, all of a sudden, you know, Qatar is done and like the women's tournament is right around the corner. So they get Canada's looking, Amy. Pardon me. How do you think Canada's looking going into this? Because obviously coming off the Olympic gold and, you know, the World Cup is really, you know, where they want to do really well. It's where they, it's where they need to do well. They yeah. need to do well. And that's where the money actually comes from, right? They don't make uh, anything from the Olympics. Uh, World Cup is really, really important. And then they, they've expanded it. What do you think about the expansion of the World Cup for the women? Do you think they're, they're there yet as far as depth? Yeah, I think it's kind of just on the edge. I think you, you need to do it for the growth of the game and, and to include more of these federations to sort of stoke the growth in, in, yeah. in those different countries and get more, uh, more teams from these different regions in the world. But I think it will dilute mm-hmm. maybe the quality. You know, you can remember the U.S. and the, the controversial celebrations when I think they, they thrashed Thailand. Uh, in 2019, remember, it was yeah. like an eight or nine one scoreline. You're going to see more of those. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's okay. It's just part and parcel with with the growth of the game, mm-hmm. good and the bad that comes with it. But uh, I think Canada definitely needs to make moves here at at the World Cup and it, at least the semifinals. I'm mm-hmm. thinking not not to be seen as a success, but I think they have the capacity to do that. And you know, the scoring all of a sudden now a little bit more by committee, less reliant on on sinking. And you're seeing Bev uh, sinky with the heart You're seeing Bev move to that out and out nine and Evelyn scoring so much in, mm-hmm. in Sweden and Jordan Heidema really coming on. I think uh, her move away from PSG and playing at um, um, OL Reign, I think has done her uh, a lot of good. 
Um, so we're seeing kind of a resurgence of play with her. And just, I think just think that the proper kind of course of development that we maybe expected to see a few years ago, but she wasn't getting the valuable minutes um, overseas. So I think, uh, I mean, some injuries as well. Uh, Nichelle Prince, unfortunately, she ruptured her her Achilles, uh, Deanne Rose. Similar thing happened. And actually, you're seeing a rash of of injuries. Um, Viv, um, is it Medema? I always mispronounce her last name. Medema? We'll take your word for Amy. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but, uh, Beth Mead just recently uh, blew up her her ACL. So I think with, uh, again, to go back to your your question about bumping it up to 32 teams or expanding it to 32 teams this summer in New Zealand and Australia, I think you need to make the move. But then you look at the growth of the women's game and how it's really come on in the last five years. So many fixtures, so many tournaments – uh, you know, called in to the national teams, lots of travel, but then, you know, watch the toll on, on the bodies at the end of the day. And the, the research for women in particular is really in its infancy. Like all these studies that are referenced when you're training women are, have been done on men. So, you know, um, Emma Hayes at Chelsea has done a great job where, you know, the, the training's front-loaded. It's, they're looked at, looking at the menstrual cycle and how, you know, testosterone's higher before you ovulate. So maybe that's where you're doing the bulk of your really intense training and then it's tailing off. Um, I know that you guys love to talk about menstrual cycles. on. <laughs> but, but you know what, though, Amy, but that's interesting. Though. I mean, listen, we're a very progressive podcast. You know, we're, we're modern men. We're fine with this kind of discussion. Yeah. Um, like, do, you, do the teams sync their cycles in that case? Within a group, <laughs> I mean, it actually it does it does happen. Yeah, that's, you know, that's what you, I know. You, you spend enough time, you know, in 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 a family growing up. I'm one of five kids uh, with I have three younger sisters, so it happens. You know, you 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 jump on each other's cycles, or there's a, a sinking, as it were, that that happens. Simpson, actually, Simpson. <laughs> That's right. Uh, only happens in Ohio. So I mean, there, there's something that does that does happen when you know you're a group of women and you're in close quarters and and you're you're together for extended period of time. So ha, no problem. Ah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> because if you're training together and they're trying to front load the, the training, if if you know a third of here, a third of like you need to be together, right, for the training. In yeah, but I mean, I think that's that's where you can, you know, you you have the resources, which again, that's something in the women's game that has lagged behind. You know, that support staff in terms of physios and doctors, and uh, uh, you know, even like personal trainers, people who are overseeing the on-field stuff and the off-field field stuff in the gym. If you have enough, then you can, you know, have little pockets of players right. who might be doing different things in the gym based mm. on what your personal needs are in terms of injuries, in terms of how many minutes you've logged, but also your, your menstrual cycle. Yeah. Jimmy, your thoughts? <laughs> I didn't even think of that, to be honest with you. You I'm didn't? Learning, I'm, so learning, I'm learning an awful lot here. It makes a, <laughs> makes a ton of sense though, right? It does actually. Yeah, it really does. I can't believe we've gone down this path, but I'm really happy we have, because like I mentioned, <laughs> we're very progressive and modern. Um, where was I going with this now? Um, <laughs> wait, wait, while you think, sure. Well, you know, last, um, I know this is an audio medium, but last podcast you were talking about that guy you referenced who, who didn't grow and then he had a, a yeah. tumor on his pituitary gland and he grew like nine centimeters a year. Oh, the, the sniper's dream. So this is maybe my favorite picture ever. This is me and Yao Ming. Oh, that's amazing. At the, at the Beijing Olympics. That's oh, amazing. Wow. 
Look how tall he is. Okay, you, you got to get us a picture of that. Like, send it to through to Wonga, and we'll get it up on the po- on the socials. Yeah, it's that's, that's Tank. That's Tancredi in the background. Wow, there. he is a monster, isn't he? Yeah, he so was, he, he wasn't a dwarf though closing, when he was younger. Closing ceremonies, and he worked his way over by the Canadians. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> Yao Ming just fell over. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was leaning on him a little too forcefully, but he, William, he wandered his top way. Top heavy. What? He's top heavy. Yeah. yeah, I don't know anything about that. So anyway, he <laughs> wandered uh, his way over to the to the Canadians because we left them alone. I mean, except for the obnoxious ones who went back to back with them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's uh, uh, Marnie, Mc, Marnie Absolute McGee stud, because, right? Uh, is, took that is he, picture. Is he dead? No, what? no. Yeah. So it was. I do. I know. No, there was a, an enormous Chinese athlete, well known, who died in the last couple of years. I don't think it was Yao. There, there was probably Yao, no. loads of them. Yao was head of the uh, Chinese Basketball Association. Was it? Yeah. No, was it suspicious? Oh, is he? Alive is that what he's doing now? Now he's running that. Is he? Okay. Now, was, was it more impressive how tall he was or how thin he was? Tall. He wasn't that thin, really. Wasn't he? No. Well, I think recently he's not so thin. Oh, he's put some pounds on? Yeah. Man. Haven't we all? <laughs> I understand that. Big Speak man. Speak for yourself, Charms. What's that? Speak for yourself. <laughs> you're, you're back in your green sludge today, I see, Jimmy. I know. Whenever Jimmy's in a podcast, he's got the same oh. glass. It's either got Guinness in it or green sludge. It's one of well, the two. Well, I saw in the, in the photo that Wonger posted yesterday that he was into the Guinness. Yeah, he loves his Guinness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, um, what we're talking about you, Jimmy, don't you have a Gareth Bale story that you can share? <laughs> Again, why? <laughs> What's wrong with you people? <laughs> the career ender. Hey, listen, he, he, he could have kept playing and made lots of money like Ronaldo. Um, he's going to debut, by the way, with uh, Al Nasser against PSG and Leo Messi in an exhibition. I mean, he, he's got this suspension from that uh, phone smashing incident. In the Premier League, the last ban, I think, is this weekend, which means his first game is as if it's contrived, right? As if they plan this. It's against PSG and Leo Messi. There's a, a lineup for tickets over 2 million long right now for this match, and they ain't cheap tickets right now. Isn't that crazy? Now, there was also a link this week. Now, I'm sure it's leverage for Messi's people w- with PSG, but there was a strong rumor about Messi being courted by Al-Ali in Saudi Arabia. And then apparently pitching a deal worth almost double that of Ronaldo. That will kill Ronaldo. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely destroy destroy him. him. (laughs) It really would. It really would. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, if 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 there's anything to it, then we obviously have to, uh, you know, address it at some point. And, and I think aim it the same way we aimed at Ronaldo, right? Because obviously going for the cash, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was really funny just thinking how Ronaldo would feel when he heard those rumors. But I, I can't imagine it happening, but I couldn't imagine Ronaldo going to Al Nasser either. Just just crazy. Uh, listen, let's get to some Premier League action, shall we? Weekend coming up. Um, it's a derby weekend. We saw Fulham-Chelsea last night. Chelsea fall to Fulham. Down a man. Jao Felix makes his debut. Looks pretty good, actually, I thought. And then gets red-carded for a brutal challenge. I mean, you have to feel sorry for Graham Potter, don't you? Nothing's going right for him. It's not his fault, is it, Amy, that, okay, the injury list is longer than the playing list. Oh, 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 shit. Not me, by the way. Not me. 
and, and it says likely spam on it. So good. Good. That's what it says for the caller ID. Yeah, it's a, new, it's a new thing I'm getting on my phone now. This I get no one calls me other than you know salesmen and people trying to rip me off. It's really sad actually. Um <laughs> where was I? Oh yeah. Graham Potter and Chelsea. I mean, bad luck is bad luck, right? I mean, you, you've been in teams, I'm sure, Amy, when the, the coach is under pressure, but the bottom line is individual mistakes, injuries, and stupidity is actually the reason why the team's struggling. Yeah, absolutely. But I think uh, I, I feel for some of the, the footy prime supporters, like like Starkey, who is, you know, he's going to bleed blue for the rest of his life. But I but I think he's feeling like the, the, the cl- his own club's under duress now. And, and yeah, you want to blame... Potter, but I think there's so much happening here where the, you know they don't really have control of it. But I do think you look at their at their spending and how um, I don't I don't want to say cavalier, but you know you you it just seems arbitrary sometimes that they're buying to buy and they're not really buying to fill the needs that they have. You know, I love Zhao Felix; like he was terrific at 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 the World Cup, really lively, electric almost when he's on the ball. But is, is that really filling the gap that that they need in their system? Yeah, precisely. They need goal scorers, right? And that's a ten million pound loan deal, right? So I believe that was that. Red, I think Mikey Singh broke it down for us. That um, that red card is worth one point six five million dollars or something like that. That's because it's a three game ban, right? It's just yeah. crazy, Craig. I mean, you, you look at that situation, right? And what's happening at Chelsea? They're in tenth place right now. They're not going to finish top four this year. No, that is. A disaster. Yeah, and then it, it go back to when they fired Tuchel, you know. I mean, this club has got a reputation before the new ownership of firing managers, as we know, and the new guy comes on and <clears throat> gets rid of Tuchel so quickly. Um, it's amazing. It's it's just such a result-driven business. It doesn't matter performances, anything. It's all about results. And at a club that has a history of firing coaches, Potter's right in the hotline in the firing line again and with – with the, uh, with the other great managers that they've had in the past. Yeah, Jimmy, what are your thoughts on that as far as you know, bad luck as well, or is it bad management? It, it, can it be both? Oh, maybe it is a little bit of both, but I, I don't think you can take away that he, he is a good manager. He is very, very good. I mean, there's a reason why Chelsea went after him so hard and brought him in. Um, but the, the thing is for him, he's got to figure out a way how to get the best out of these players because you can see when they're playing, that they're, there's zero confidence right now. They're not good to watch. Um, very selfish individually. Um, and the manager's got to figure that out now because, look, he's going to be on the chopping block. It's like what Craig said. You know, it's, it's a club that turns over managers left, right, and center all the time. Um, and they're just waiting to pull the trigger on this guy. So, I mean, he's, he's got to figure it out real quick, real, real quick because they're, they're in dire straits right now. It's a bad, bad situation for the club. Also, the Manc Derby this weekend, North London Derby. I want to ask the footballers on this panel, uh, what was the best Derby match you played in? Uh, could be heated, could be a great match, whatever, for whatever reason, Craig. What's the one that jumps out to you, Ipswich? I mean, as Ipswich or West Ham? Yeah, I mean, Ipswich, Norwich was... Uh, well, Jimmy would know about that as well, yeah. playing in that Derby. Um, yeah, it was intense. They're all intense. They don't like each other at all. I mean, I know the Bristol Derby... Jimmy played in that one as well. It's just, it's uh, that's a big derby down on the on the south side. So yeah, I would say Ipswich Norwich. It was really important. You knew the pressure was on with your fans because they just hated each other. Yeah, 
Any addition, Jimmy? Want <laughs> <laughs> to tell us about the Bristol Derby, Jimmy? Yeah, <laughs> the Portsmouth. I don't know. No, I'll tell you what. I played in. I played <laughs> East Anglia Derby, the Norwichips, which I played in the Bristol Derby, and then I played in the East Midlands Derby with um, Nottingham Forest and Derby County. But I think the the most heated one, and I'll tell you a fact: I've never lost a derby match. Never lost. Uh, the Bristol Bristol Derby was absolutely mental. It was crazy. East Anglia was a very good one as well. I mean, they're all they're all the same. They're all heated. Yeah, they are. They're they're, yeah. they're just these matches that you have to win. And if you don't win, like there's no chance you could go out for the week. So were they your favorites then? Because they were so heated, or were they were they really kind of stressful? stressful. It's just it's stressful. It is stressful. Um, the tension's amazing. You could just feel it. The, the, the build-up to the match throughout the week, it's just in the papers every day. It's on TV. They're talking about it. And the majority of fans, they don't give a shit how your season plays out as long as you win that derby match. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. when, it's, when it's time to play, and if you do lose that derby, you, there's no, you can't even go out in the city because the fans will kill you. <laughs> I'm telling you now, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Stay home. like it, yeah. And you do feed off that energy too, right? In the stands, every challenge is a little bit more heated. Is that fair to say? That 50-50 oh, yeah. is a little bit more. You have to, to lose there. 50-50. You've got to leave something on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some challenges where you're looking going, oh, please, I don't want to go into this, but you have to go into it. <laughs> what was the, oh. the, the, the angriest city you played in? Like, I mean, as far as the football people are concerned. Bristol? Bristol, Bristol for me, they're, yeah. they're mental. They are nuts. probably where you're from, Charms. <laughs> What's that? I said probably where you're from. <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a very angry person. Yeah, yeah <laughs> yeah. Tunbridge Wells is, uh, you know, a hotbed for just uh, football rivalries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the East End of London wasn't uh, wasn't a kind place. Yeah, yeah good point. Yeah, yeah. Millwall, Millwall, West Ham. Oh. Jesus Christ. Yeah, come yeah. on, Craig. You got to talk about. I mean, did you play Millwall? I mean, you're in the Prem. They weren't in the Prem. Did you meet Millwall when you were at West Ham? Oh hell no! No, that one's a crazy one. They Barry was, when we played. Barry Redknapp said, "If they, you know, in the FA Cup, they pull the balls up because if they if they pull West Ham and Millwall, just throw them both back in." <laughs> <laughs> That's a Dickio story, right? When he played for Millwall, his first game, he's playing. There. I forget who they're playing now, and uh, he's he's there. He's a youngish player, and he hears this boom, boom. He's like, "What the hell's going on here?" Boom, 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 and and before he knows it, over his right shoulder, a police horse goes flying past him on the pitch, getting to some skirmish in the stands. He's like, oh what the God. fuck have I signed up for here? It was brilliant. Great story. Whoa. Very much better than the way I told it. Yeah. Um, Wonga, best rivalry for you, you know? I mean, inter-Canadian university sports. <laughs> Wonga, Wonga, hey. Is that on button on your microphone? What a tip. <laughs> Where the fuck? Where is he right now? He is I was exhausted. going to say that Wonger probably has some good ones because I think he played at Concordia and McGill. What a trade. Sign language. A trade? Let's, let's, he agrees, yes. Let's translate what a, he's saying here. Is he not a trader? You can't do that. So was it a trade? You know, the best part is he can't fail get his microphone on. What are you doing? What are you doing? Figure it out, man. The microphone's not Oh, there we go. He was almost there. No, nope, you're off again. It. You're off again. This is what separates Philly Prime from every other podcast <laughs> in the world. 
Yeah. Our tech guy, Wonger, is just on fire here. Right. The irony, the tech guy can't get his own mic to work. What chance do we got, honestly? All right, Amy, let's start with you then before we get to Wonger. Um, USA, Canada. Decent? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, great. And then the first time we, we beat them was in 2001. And I mean, it was like a World Cup victory for us, almost depressingly. Right. You know, to get a little perspective on it. <laughs> hey. They didn't they didn't right. care, but it was uh, it was great for us. But then, uh, unfortunately, the program still had a really long way to go after that. It was a little bit of a one off. But now I think it. you still look, look to the U.S. as like very much leading the charge kind of worldwide. Right. I think the rest of the world's kind of caught up. But mm. well, there are um, superpower in women's football, aren't they? I mean, the development yeah. system that they have in place with the NCAA and everything else that's going on, the league and. There's, it's 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 difficult to compete, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. you look you look at the NWSL draft; like it's really, really tough for for Canadians to to crack that to get in there. Mm-hmm. And to, preparation, Amy. I mean, all our our U teams don't prepare properly for tournaments. Yeah. They don't have the time, the resources. The Americans have months and months and spending time, and they have yeah. all the resources in the world. So it's it really is an unlevel playing field as far as us and them, isn't it? Yeah, but I think I think coming up and given what what Europe's done and the rest of the world in terms of piggybacking on on mm. on the men's game and the existing infrastructure, uh, yeah. building up the academies, building up um, you know tiers of professional um, you know teams and also infrastructure there, I think the U.S. is going to have to take a hard look at the NCA system, and they're, they've been too sort of heavily reliant upon it. Yes, it exists as mm. a, as a way to develop players, but. If you're only developing players specifically for the way that you're that you're playing for to, to win in the NCAA, it's still very physical. It's still very route one. Um, is that really the best case scenario for your youth development and for success for the national team? Mm, good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, because NCAA uh, to a point is obviously strong. But I mean, from a professional standpoint and the intensity of playing, you know, week in, week out, um, yeah. that catches a few players by surprise male and female yeah that's, that not just, that's not yeah that's not a female that's men too right yeah i've heard yeah. that i mean jimmy would talk about it before players coming to tfc training from the draft and how it's just very eye-opening for those players to, to see a professional environment for the first time in in some regards a lot of them don't make it uh you know as many as you as they would have thought because they i remember years ago mls was thinking that was where their the strength was going to come from was ncaa and then they those players didn't quite adapt quite as well the transition into professional soccer quite as well as they thought they would. So in the yeah. end, it turned into sort of youth academies and developing players through the professional system that way um, and, and having better success with it. Yeah, but I think also as well with, with MLS and with the, with the draft, it was building a relationship with the universities and trying to create a, a system. The players weren't ready. We're not ready yeah. to come out of university into the pro game because when you looked at it, I think what they played 13 games in in university. And when you watch that American system as well, they have those they have these weird subs where you can come off and then you can come back on the pitch again the second yeah. half. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah. So I remember the game would be going on or during preseason and a player would be like, Hey, can can I come off, coach? And I'm like, What do you mean can you come off? Like you thought that you could come back on the second half during a pro game. Yeah. So, it, you know, a lot of times they, they just brought these players in, let them train a little bit, get a taste of it, and then they, they would send them off. Not many made it. Sorry, I'm, is my microphone working yet? No, yeah, it is. Working. No. 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 Can't hear it. 
<laughs> so I've got two things to say. One, you know it's you know it's someone like Charms who's asking to come off, like yeah. sitting there going, "Hey, uh, coach, can I can I can I?" Why is he the Hans all of a sudden? Look, you know, hey. why, why me? Hey, coach. Because look at you, look well, at you. You and your 40 push-ups, <laughs> just because you can do 40 push-ups. Doesn't that was mean... impressive, by the way. Oh, thank, you. thank you, Amy. You and your... That, that well, wasn't just, bad for a garden just, gnome. Just to silence Wong here, just so you know, Wonga, I wouldn't ask to be taken off. I was just taken off. Thank you very much. <laughs> so fuck you. I had a story, Wonger, if I could jump in, I don't want to forget. So Jimmy talking about the subs, same at Nebraska. I think it's still the same in, in the university game now where – you're limited in the first half, so Charms wants to come off because he's he's <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. um, he can come off, but then and he can't go back in in the first half. But then you can come back in in the second, and in the second, it's unlimited subs. So it's 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 a yeah, it's it's, it's nuts. Dungeon. So wow. when we I was at Nebraska, Isabel Morneau, who played on the national team as well, we were roommates. She's from Quebec. We had just come from. I think it was in the spring. We were playing our spring season. And then there was a gold cup with CONCACAF, but it wasn't related to qualifying. It was just this tournament. And Izzy was playing and we were wearing six studs where we normally wouldn't, but the pitch, you know, we, we, we had to wear them. And she hadn't worn them for a long time. So she got some blisters. So she went down. Evan took her off. It was like minute, you know, 25 or something. And then she's like, okay, I'm all patched up. Got, this, got the second skin on. I can go back in. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? And she was like, what? What are you talking about? Uh, at Nebraska, I can do it. And he's like, it's not Nebraska. <laughs> you're, playing, you're playing like Brazil or something. You think they watch football, right? California. You think they watch international football. You did, you hear, did you hear Amy's French accent that she just threw out good. there? It was good. It was very good. Yeah. Did you know Amy during the World Cup? Uh, was doing French uh, broadcasting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How was that? How was that, lady? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was okay. It was challenging. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you just make it up as you went along, or what? No, I mean, I consider myself bilingual. I mean, I, I still a lot of strides to to make. I think in terms of the commentary or analysis in French, because commenting on a sport like there's almost a language. Um, it's a language into itself, right? Or unto itself. Um, all the terms that you use to describe the game and things that come to you when you're watching a clip, I was having to translate in my head. And so sometimes I felt like just an absolute ass there, but people were, were very nice and very kind. And I got asked back, but I don't know. People, people see, and people I see like, oh, uh, I saw you on TV. And I was like, oh, yeah, did you? No. <laughs> what uh, what's nutmeg in, in French? Toilette. Nice. Vraiment? C'est une toilette? Toilette, yeah. But that's ah. sort of uh, maybe more slangy. But then the, from France, they would call it a petit pont. Petit a petit pont. pont. Petit pont, like a little bridge. Yeah. Okay. But also toilette, which is also toilet. Toilette, yeah. Huh? Exactly. Huh? Yes. So what's what's uh, nut in French? Uh, like, oh, noir. <laughs> noir. Okay. What would one you, know, you did French, apparently. Did you not? Where? Where? <laughs> Lies. What you where? Where? These are pro footballers. They don't French. Does Amy, does Amy have more 
Oh, sorry, Jimmy. Go. I speak French like I'm from Paris, though, guys. Oh yeah. Oh, it's not French, it? Yeah. Not Turn the his nose up at the Quebecois. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna get lots of fans there, Jimmy. Hey, Amy, you've got more. Uh, do I see an extra jersey? Is, is that jersey? You've got some Craig Forrest backup jerseys going on in the back now. Do that's that's, a, that's game have, one, right? I have the one jersey. Do you have another? Oh, I thought you, you had backup. one on the other side. Oh, no. What do you mean backup? Oh, it's well, I was. I was wondering whether or not you have uh, eighteen cats, no, no. Uh, six dogs, and you're and you're gonna announce your divorce at the same time. <laughs> I, have, I have boxes of Puma tracksuits under the desk. Though. Oh, here we go. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, I send oh, them to you. We played. Uh, we played the Netherlands, or we played Holland. My hundredth cap, so that's up there too. That's why. I oh, that's cool. What was the date of that? What's that? What was the date? Where was that game? That was in Cyprus in 2009, March 7th, 2009. Oh, okay. Cyprus. That was we my holiday. a Dutch game in Victoria against Canada years and years ago. Canada. You guys are both fucking old is what I'm getting out of this. It does yeah. seem that way, doesn't it? Well, how old are you, Craig? 35. <laughs> Backwards. Plus 20. Your therapy lab is just working wonders. It's turning back to clock. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Craig's the, I think, who's older, Craig or Jimmy? Uh, Craig or uh, Wonga? What do you mean, Craig or Jimmy? <laughs> I think it's Jimmy. Is? What? <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm six months older. older than Craig. Oh, yeah? That close? Yeah, yeah nice. we're very close. We didn't. Still haven't gotten a number. Wow, oh, fuck. Jesus. Okay. Hey, what is it? How old are you, you? How old are you, you old bag? <laughs> younger than your mail sack. <laughs> Nothing's younger than my sack. I'm opening it up. Oh, by the way, um uh the tour tour started like our title when I when I wrote uh Wonger's mail sack is wide open, so I had to change it to. They, oh, just, really? Just open. Wonger's mail sack is open. They didn't like wide. We were censored for the first time. Yeah. Hey! Yeah, we were edited. We were edited. Yeah. So, but the, the difference like is, all it was was an adjective. It was wide versus open. So, why so, is it, it's a sack? Dude, I don't know. I just, I'm telling you a story. Okay. We love the Toronto yes, Star, guys, but. Let's say how old you are. 55. Wow. 55. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Old man, can you back tremendous. it up a little bit? You're oh, eating sorry. that light. I keep, I keep it seems like just yesterday that Craig came onto the show off his 50th birthday. He's still high on mushrooms. Just seems like <laughs> Did that really happen? Yeah. He I made it to half time. It was spectacular. Oh, yeah. I went to work. I did the opening of the game. Um, that was it. And then the producer, Dan Fernandez, who is also at the party, but wasn't on mushrooms, I don't believe. <sighs> I couldn't stay. So I was like, he's just like, get through it, the opening, and then go home. So I went home and then I'm still like high on mushrooms and I'm watching the halftime. I'm it's a, it was a bizarre. I was like I think I was just there. Why aren't I there? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I'll say this though. So I was there at the party as well, not doing mushrooms. I was hosting that that day, and uh, Craig just seemed hungover. That's all he seemed. He wasn't bad. Um, you wouldn't have thought he was high on mushrooms. He carried it off very, very well. In in his head, I think there's some real inner turmoil going on, but. 
if you watch the show, you thought, man, he's having a bit of a rough one, but uh, he's just, you know, he's his 50th. We didn't hide that, right? Yeah. Craig caught me. Craig caught me leaving the party about four times because I was so high on mushrooms. I needed to leave. And Dave Ambert goes, where's Wonger? And I was just standing on the sidewalk outside his house for about three hours. Well, actually, Wonger, you don't, you're, you don't, you haven't got that quite right. You ended up walking up the street. You, you're leaving. And Amber came because he was doing hockey oh, night. Right. He was doing hockey night in Canada. So he came late and he he's like driving down the street and there's Wonger wandering the street. <laughs> so Wonger came back. That's tremendous. And did more mushrooms with Craig. <laughs> it was a doctor buddy of mine. He had those chocolate mushrooms and doctor buddy. I had about 10 of these little chocolate things and I said, hey, Doc, how many do you usually have? He's like, oh, three or four. I was like, oh, I've shit. only had 10. He's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we know we'll do the same for your 60th in five years' time. How about that? Yes. That sounds good to me. Um, very quickly, uh, you know, it's Funny Picks time, right? Funny Picks. Are you ready? Yes, sir. DJ Mellow D. It's 40 Picks. It's 40 Picks. It's 40 Very quickly, I've got a good, um, found some value actually in the Manchester Derby, United City. Um, on our, our good friends, North Star Bets, last I looked, you could get United at home at plus 310 to win Ooh. that one. And they're, they're looking almost unbeatable right now. Rashford scoring, I think, is it seven straight games he scored in or something? They're unbeaten in nine, one nine on the hop, I believe. They're just mm-hmm. rolling at the moment. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, City, uh, up and down, lost in the Carabao Cup. Looked great last week against Chelsea, but haven't been quite the, the same machine we've seen. So plus 310 is pretty decent for that one. It is decent, although I expect a big rebound from Man City. I don't expect anything like we saw in the last week from them. Pep, Pep's going to want them buzzing, and this is easy to get them up for this one. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. Guys, how, Craig, how close is City's uh, – like how close is Anfield? How close are these places? Oh, how far is the stadium? Yeah. To Manchester? Yeah. Trafford, sorry. Is that the not, plus I don't know exactly the longer? distance. But it's not, it's not far. No, but is it like, oh, over, you can throw a baseball kind of thing that far? No, no it's not that close. No, it's not that, that close. Far. Not that close. It's not like Fulham, Chelsea, or Dundee United. and Even um, Everton Anfield is pretty close, like right? 100 yards away from yeah, each other. Forest County is close. Across the Trent. Forest County is very, very close. Very, very close. There you can throw a baseball over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Four miles, as a matter of fact. 6.4 kilometers between. uh, Okay. So if you had a really good arm, you could throw a baseball that far. I could. Yeah. (laughs) A really good arm. (laughs) Really good arm, yeah. Uh, Anyone else got a pick? I mean, I did suggest you you find some good bets. Well, I have to tell you a little story, though. Uh, Last night, having a Guinness, well, I was drinking 50. Jimmy was drinking uh, Guinness. Sankle. And, and I, uh, there was a basketball game on, and I bet on North Star Bets, I bet $5, and Jimmy Ooh. goes, how much did you win on that? And it was the over on the basketball game, and I won uh, $9, Jimmy. So that $5 turned into $9. Wow. wow. I so I just want to tell everybody, I'm going to buy you some water. Everyone get some water today. You won't get water for four bucks. 
uh, out of out of my sink, you get as much water as you want. <laughs> Anyone else got a pick? Oh, no. I'm gonna, I am. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna take uh, United. I'm right. gonna take that bet. Oh, thanks. Like, I mean, like I just, I just suggested. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing five dollars on United. This is the worst footy pick segment ever. I would, I would, I honestly, I think I would take the draw if you wanted one, but go for it. I think the money's good for Man United, but I do fancy City. I just do. I, I think, I think United's going to win. What about Brighton? Brighton to beat Liverpool. That's a good one Ooh. too. Mm-hmm. It is. I, they're playing great. How do you feel about that, Charms? That your Liverpool is just. I never thought I'd be shitting myself before a match against Brighton, but that's here. Here we are. <laughs> Brighton's a really, really good team. And since uh, Potter left, they're actually playing better football, I think, under the Zerbi. Amy, what's your what's your uh, Prem team? Liverpool. Hey, now. What an asshole. You see? <laughs> what's happening here? More. So. Becoming friends, finally, aren't we? And is there a reason? Yeah. Uh, I think when I just w- was down in Nebraska, didn't have a team kind of growing up. It just wasn't on often enough. Didn't know about it. And, and those are the games that I caught. So latched on there. To so you didn't you didn't cheer on the Cornhuskers back when you were like twelve? No, 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 no. no I wasn't talking about the Cornhuskers. I was about <laughs> it was tough back then to have sort of women to follow, wasn't it, Amy? Women, yeah. Yeah, like almost impossible, right? No, yeah, there there yeah. wasn't anything. No. But I remember one day, like coming home from practice, and I caught the EPL review show, and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> This is the best show I've ever seen in my life. That was us, wasn't it? But that was like my first. (laughs) (laughs) It was us, wasn't it? We used to do the preview show. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, maybe. Must have been a different show. Actually, your your hair looks just like um, Paul Walsh of Liverpool back in the 1980s. He had long, long, long hair. Remember Paul Walsh? Yeah. yes. Are you talking Amy or Craig? Because Craig doesn't have any hair. (laughs) There there are many players like Craig, but then less so like Amy. But yeah, very similar. As long? How did he wear it? Uh, he wasn't tied back in those days. He just wore. No, he let it go. He wore yeah. like the, like the shoelace, maybe. Or like a ninja. Eighties. I don't think you were allowed that. Amy, did you ever have any weird hair styles? Oh, I've had I've had the weirdest hair. Okay, well, give me your worst. Give me one that you won't go back to. I had the asymmetrical, short, long. Oh, that was a good one. So good. Um, we used to have my sisters and I. Um, we're all, we're all tomboys, so I, I mostly had short hair when I was a kid. Actually, when I was in grade two, so I was seven. I had lovely. I had lighter hair when I was a kid, so like quite blonde. Uh, pigtails, and then I saw a picture of my mom's dad, my grandpa, who's in World War II, and he had a brush cut, obviously. And I was like, I want that. <laughs> and we went we went to the hairdressers and i brought the picture and i pointed at the clippers and i was like use those and she's like i will not use those oh my god there's amy amy's yeah. got a picture of herself I actually, so in french that's called a coupe longue oh, oh yeah that's the party of the back right? to the cameras yeah. by the way also, so Charms, we are kind of friends for a bit because we both support Liverpool. And now you say my hair reminds you of his and we're not friends anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this, though. So I, I found this. Uh, I just Googled Paul Walsh. I've got to show you a picture of another Paul Walsh here. <laughs> you got to see this And picture. Amy came up? Jesus Christ. <laughs> and Amy came up. There are some <laughs> of me on the internet. You got to see this. Fella. This is like Jürgen Klopp if he was in heroin. Oh, my God. Ready? Right, ready for this? I don't know. <laughs> this is- 
<laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Is that what Walsh he looks like now? No, it's a different. I think it's a different Paul Walsh. Oh Wait, no! Oh no! It is. Craig. Holy shit! It is Paul Walsh. Now I feel bad. <laughs> Craig, do you know him? Well, no, I played around him, and then he—I remember he came to Toronto for the Legends tournament with Liverpool. He did. He, this, he, you thought he looked like Amy? Is that what you? <laughs> <went to? laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but there is I mean, a resemblance. I mean, is Paul Walsh's name? I need to change his picture. Maybe that last one you just showed Charms is my profile pic on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. Oh. <laughs> it was a particularly bad month. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's actually whole, the, the world took notice, and that is why Paul Walsh is content. I'm not sure the story. Anyway, regardless, that's, yeah, that's, that is Paul Walsh now. Hey, listen, we've all aged. What can we say? But he does look a lot like Jurgen Klopp. I like that comparison better than comparing him to me, quite frankly. <laughs> um, all the Premier League games you can get, of course, on FuboTV, FuboTV.com slash Prime. There's still uh, a great deal available before the end of January, 25% off if you subscribe right now. All right, anything else, everyone, you want to touch on before we leave here? I'm sure Craig's got something to jump in on after about a three-second gap. No, we <laughs> were just about finishing. Jimmy and I. I wanted to to clarify, Wong, or you kept throwing CF Montreal under the bus, and there's some stuff to throw throw them under the bus for, but they they actually will be going down to Florida. They're at the Olympic Stadium, new turf, so it's no longer that god awful carpet that was there before. So FIFA approved turf is finally in, and then they're going to Fort Lauderdale, I think um, next month. So Florida, they're going to be Montreal, Florida guys. Yeah, it's not it's not Spain, it's not Palm Springs, but they're going to Florida. Wonga just likes using the the, the term "big O." He loves it. That's the reason why he kept throwing it there. I tried my best all my life. <laughs> Amy, thanks so much. Please come back again shortly. Like yeah, anytime. Thank, thank so, you guys. Yeah, I love it. Even though I feel like I was invited on because you guys were pressured into it. The, the people on the side. Oh, Carrie, Carrie's going where yeah. Carrie and Starkey are like, where's Amy? I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know where Amy is. I don't have I don't have her I I itinerary. We're all a little bit intimidated by by Carrie. So kind of what As she wants should to get. Be. Yeah. I'd basically yeah. she could boss me. Be like, okay, <laughs> Carrie, I'll do that. Sure. <laughs> She'll be our manager one day. Which yeah, will do just be. great. All right, everyone, that's been Footy Prime. I hope you enjoyed it. We're back on Sunday, recapping all the action from the weekend in all things football. Keep buying newspapers and cheers for listening. Join the conversation on Twitter. Help us fill Wonger's mail sack at footy underscore prime. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 